At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on another edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. This is the Tuesday, May 16th edition of the show. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Happy to be with you to talk some Major League Baseball on today's program. A full 15-game slate. I'll try to cover as many of them as I can on today's show. Also, pretty interesting development here that we have seven interleague games on the board for today, four in the American League, four in the National League. So I want to talk about that a little bit at the top of today's show as well. Before I get into that, I want to remind you of all the great stuff going on over at vcin.com, along with all the stuff going on with our podcast family here. We'll soon be adding the Bet the W podcast with host Danielle Alvari taking a look at the WNBA. That season begins on Friday. Some good betting opportunities in that league if you are able to pay attention to it. Danielle is covering all things WNBA for us over at vcin.com. She'll have the podcast, Bet the W podcast. It'll also be on our vcin YouTube page. And then she's going to be doing some write-ups, some best bet write-ups a few times a week for us at vcin.com as well. And if you haven't checked it out yet, go check out her look at her 1 through 12 WNBA power rankings going into the season along with the futures odds prices and some things she likes from a futures odds standpoint, a season win total standpoint, a really comprehensive breakdown from Danielle of the WNBA. Of course, the NBA and NHL playoffs still going. So we've got our playoff hubs over at the website to go along with our hardwood handicappers podcast with JVT and Kelly Bidlin and our hockey betting podcast with Andy McNeil, as well as Danny Burke. Check out Josh Applebaum's podcast. We got First Strike for UFC, Long Shots for Golf, PGA Championship Week. So we got a golf major we'll be covering over at the website. Lots of stuff for you to check out. And go to vcin.com slash subscribe. $9.99 introductory offer for the first month and some subscription options after that. So a lot of good stuff coming your way, not only right now, but also over the next several months as we lead up to the football season over at vcin.com. All right, so a few things I want to talk about, kind of some more general sort of macro trend stuff before getting into the Tuesday MLB card. And 
Seven interleague series, I think, is something that's very important to discuss here at the top of today's show because you may know this or you may not, and I know I've talked about it uh, in the lead-up to the season in my you know 2023 MLB betting guide along with some of our preseason content that the schedule has changed this year for Major League Baseball. In the past, you played 19 games against every team within your division. Now you're only playing 13. So there are 24 extra games to make up. And what Major League Baseball decided is, you know, it's not great that Mike Trout has, I think it was Milwaukee or something like that. Mike Trout had only played there once in his Major League Baseball career. And it makes sense to be able to showcase the stars around the league, Shohei Otani, you know, to be able to face some of the guys on the Astros if you haven't seen them in a while, stuff like that. So Major League Baseball changed the schedule around, and that means more interleague play for this season because you're going to play every team at least once. And interleague games can be a little bit tricky of a handicap because, you know, I've talked about this in the past. I don't use the team versus pitcher stats. A lot of times they're not big enough to be statistically significant. And then also, you know, you run into a situation where, you know, teams change, right? I mean, players move around, teams change philosophies, teams bring in new hitting coaches, all these kinds of different things. The sample sizes can be pretty misleading when you talk about team versus pitcher stats. But when you talk about these interleague series, there aren't a whole lot of data points between these teams. You know, it used to be they'd play each other once every three years and they'd play, you know, in the ballpark once every six years. So you don't really have a whole lot of data to go on in these interleague series. And I think something that's kind of beneficial if you're looking at these interleague series is to think about the teams that are a little bit savvier, probably going to have some better advanced scouting, maybe a little bit more into analytics and data. To me, I think that those teams have an edge against pitchers that they're not familiar with. You know, teams that are really good at expressing data to their players because, you know, when you're a hitter, there's absolutely no substitute for getting in the box and facing a guy, but you're going to face a guy for three or four plate appearances that you've maybe never seen before and then maybe won't see again for quite some time. So you have to rely on the data. You have to rely on the pitch tendencies, the scouting reports, all these things that these teams are able to put together. And I think the smarter teams should, at least in theory, have a little bit more success in those types of matchups because they are better equipped for them. They are doing more to prepare their teams, to prepare their hitters, to prepare their pitchers for the matchups that they're going to face. So I just kind of, as a starting point, going into some of these interleague games, kind of look more at the teams that I know are doing a lot with data. You know, teams that have been doing a lot with data for a while. Are there some specifics on today's card? Sure, I think one is Tampa Bay against the Mets. You know, I'm not saying the Mets don't use data, but Tampa Bay is certainly one of the most advanced and most successful front offices in all of professional sport, I would expect Tampa Bay's lineup, Tampa Bay's pitchers, to be a little bit more prepared than the Mets hitters and the Mets pitchers in a series like this. I would think the same with Atlanta against Texas, and I don't think it had any bearing necessarily on yesterday's result with the Braves winning 12-0, but I do think there's something to be said about teams being a little bit more prepared for the matchups that they're going to face. You know, I think... Kansas City, San Diego, you know, A.J. Preller in San Diego and and the staff that they've had there, they've spent a lot of money, but also Preller's a pretty advanced guy analytically, whereas the Royals are just kind of getting into that a little bit more and kind of being a little bit more data driven in some of their decision making. 
So I think there are some series this week, and there will be some series as we go forward, where some of these teams are just a little bit more advanced than others in terms of you know their scouting, in terms of looking at pitch tendencies, in terms of the data that they have at their disposal. So when it comes to interleague and you don't have a lot of data points, a lot of familiarity with these teams, I think that could be a betting angle for you. And, you know, look, it's not always going to work out in one game sample sizes or three game sample sizes. There is a significant amount of variance. But I think just as a starting point, like I said, I kind of go into a game with something of a preconceived notion. And then I want to look through the data, analyze the matchups myself and see if maybe it helps add a little bit of credence to my initial thought or if possibly it talks me off of a game. So that's something I think is is something you could do with this interleague slate as we go forward, especially because it won't just be playing those interleague rivals like the Guardians and the Reds or the Cubs and the White Sox, stuff like that. You're going to have a lot of different matchups, a lot more variance in the matchups themselves because of the new schedule that Major League Baseball has for this season. So I think that's something that we can all take a look at here as we go forward. All right, let's talk about this Tuesday card because there's plenty of stuff to get to here. A lot of games, a lot of talking points, three plays for me here today. I'll get to those at the end as I usually do because we got plenty of time with today's card. Every game, a night game across Major League Baseball. That will not be the case on Wednesday or Thursday, but that is the case here for Tuesday night. And I guess before I get into this, I do want to reach out and thank the people that sent me some positive messages, some positive feedback after yesterday's uh, soapbox soliloquy about the struggles the article has had lately, about the struggles that the picks have had. And also, again, thank you to those who sent in Monday mailbag questions. And uh, Joseph, I know I need to follow up and send you that email. I will do that after the show here today. But thanks to everybody who reached out. And, you know, look, I'm still putting in the time, putting in the effort, putting in the work. It was nice to get the 2-0 and last night. Hopefully find a way to build off of that here going forward. A game I didn't have a play on, but as this line increases, it gets a little bit more interesting here, is the first game on the board by rotation number, the Nationals and the Marlins. Marlins, $1.60 to $1.65 favorite, total 7.5 for this one. Josiah Gray and Jesus Lazardo, the pitching matchup here. And of course, Lazardo is left-handed. So this is one of those situations where the Nationals, who are a top 10 offense against lefties, beat up on David Peterson yesterday. They get a lefty here today, but Lazardo is certainly a better lefty than Peterson is. 338 ERA, 375 FIP, and 45 and a third this season. 441 and 412 in his career over 312 innings. But Lazardo is a guy that he's dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career in pretty good form, at least for this season. Josiah Gray does have some regression signs in the profile. 296 ERA, 436 FIP, a guy that in his career over 265 innings has a 479 ERA and a 564 FIP. And last year, both numbers were over five, a 502 ERA for him. His adjustments have come in the form of pitch usage, though. He's throwing more cutters. He's using a slider a little bit more, which has a different shape. It's been reclassified as a slider as opposed to the curveball that it was. He is limiting a lot of hard contact, and he's getting more chases outside the zone, but still a guy that, you know, I I don't know how sustainable all of these developments are. And anytime I get a guy whose FIP is about a run and a half higher than his ERA, I have to be skeptical. And so I couldn't get there with Gray today, but again, the Marlins, a team that's ninth and weighted on base average against lefties, 
but only 26th against righties, and Josiah Gray is right-handed. So the Nationals' offense could have an advantage here in this game, and also for uh, Josiah Gray, big home run issue for him in his career. That should be tempered down a little bit at Marlins Park. Maybe this is one I should have played. We'll see if I regret it, Uh, but I think as this line continues to grow, and it has gone up about 20 cents since I uh, got started with the article today and then you know just published it before doing the show. If this line keeps going up a little bit, the Nationals probably will have a little bit of line equity in that matchup. This game between the Rockies and the Reds, um, man, is this a tough handicap. So Brandon Williamson making his Major League debut for the Reds, another Major League debut. Again, there will continue to be a lot of these along with these openers and all these kinds of things. But Brandon Williamson, this guy issues a ton of walks, 156 and two-thirds innings over last season and this season in the minor leagues, 97 walks, only 76 strikeouts and 89 and a third AAA innings against 57 walks. So, you know, at Coors Field, where pitches do things that you're not really accustomed to them doing, honestly, it might help him because his raw stuff is so good and there's so much movement that it's hard for him to locate. Colorado Coors Field will kind of, you know, cut that down a little bit. But at the same time, I have no idea what the hell this dude's going to do in his debut. But when you look at that game and you look at the line where the Rockies are $1.25, $1.30 favorite and see that Chase Anderson is on the mound, I almost just out of principle took the Reds because Chase Anderson being favored in a baseball game in 2023, kind of astounding to me, especially being a favorite of that magnitude. He's made a couple of appearances with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays this season. Now he's in the Rockies rotation. Um, I I don't really think this is going to work super well for Colorado. So I thought about just blindly taking Cincinnati. Didn't do it, but what a mess of a handicap that game is. A much better pitching matchup, though, at Oracle Park between the Phillies and the Giants. You got Zach Wheeler and Alex Cobb in this one. And Wheeler is a positive regression candidate. 380 ERA, 259 FIP, 338 expected ERA. He's only given up two homers. Hard hit percentage is about 7% below league average. He's been great so far this season. League average being 39.2%, Wheeler at 32.2. And yet, despite a good strikeout rate, despite a lot of soft contact, 311 batting average on balls in play and a 65.1% left on base percentage, he's gotten very unlucky, especially in his higher leverage situations. And the Giants are a team that will strike out against righties. They also hit for a lot of power. So we'll see how that all comes together for Wheeler in this start. But going up against Alex Cobb, I want to fade Alex Cobb, but probably do it on the road here. 170 ERA, 361 expected ERA, 297 FIP. He's running an 89.6% left on base percentage. That's not going to continue. His strikeout rate is, is pretty much average. A lot of ground balls, a lot of balls in play for him, but a lot of cluster luck as well. 326 weighted on base average with the bases empty, 253 with men on base, 177 with runners in scoring position. His batting average on balls in play in those situations, 359 with the bases empty, 294 men on base, 241 runners in scoring position. He is a regression candidate. So sometimes regression doesn't come at Oracle Park because it's such a great pitching environment but I will be against Alex Cobb in one of his upcoming starts. I can assure you of that. Not a whole lot to really love on the American League side of the card, but a couple of games I wanted to mention here quickly. 
Uh, the first one is this Shane Bieber and Lance Lynn game between the Guardians and the White Sox. Interesting to note here that assuming that Roto Grinders is correct with their hourly forecast, there will be about a 14 to 15 degree temperature drop uh, over the course of this game. So that'll be really interesting from an offensive standpoint. Generally speaking, when a cold front rolls through like that, you also get a difference with the wind. Uh, actually, this is a 20 degree temperature drop between eight and nine based on what the hourly forecast says here. So we'll see if that winds up coming to fruition, if the winds kind of pick up or something like that. Uh, but this may be a live betting opportunity for you to look at where we may see offense kind of tail off in the latter part of this game. Now, both bullpens are a little bit dicey, so that is a bit of a concern. But that was the one thing that really stood out to me about this game, at least from a weather standpoint. The other thing that stands out is I want to fade Shane Bieber. I really, really do. I didn't do it today. The White Sox are a bottom five offense against righties. But Shane Bieber this year, 261 ERA, 362 FIP, 409 XFIP, expected ERA 451. His strikeout percentage is down almost 10% from his career average. It's down 6% from last year. He's allowed a 48.7% hard hit percentage, but somehow running a 267 batting average on balls in play and a left on base percentage over 82%. So big decrease in strikeouts, and he's still stranding over 82% of his runners. Big increase in hard hit percentage. His BABIP is about 25, 30 points below league average. He's getting very, very, very fortunate this season. And maybe this is an exercise in looking at individual pitcher command and just seeing that Bieber is really good at command and really good at kind of getting guys to swing off the plate. But there's going to be a reckoning in his numbers here at some point. And it could happen today against the White Sox. I'm looking forward to happening. against a better offense, even if I have to lay a price with them. But Shane Bieber is racking up the regression signs for this season. And I will look to go against him very, very soon. Last note with the American League, and then we'll take a short break here. Luis Castillo and Nick Pavetta at Fenway Park. Mariners a huge favorite in this game, total of 10. There are some nine and a halfs popping in the marketplace now. If this total holds at 10, this will only be the sixth time in Luis Castillo's career that he's been the starting pitcher with at least a total of 10. Two of those starts came at Coors Field. So even though Nick Pavetta is pathetic, 623 ERA, 579 FIP, 51.9% hard hit percentage, 15% barrel rate. Even though Nick Pavetta is really bad, this is kind of uncharted territory in some respects for Castillo. So I think it makes some sense that we're seeing some under juice or a move to nine and a half here on this total, even though it's Fenway Park, even though it's the best venue for offense outside of Coors Field. Castillo on the mound, that's a pretty high total for him. So we'll see how that game ends up. We'll be right back after this short break on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are back here on Visa and Daily Baseball Bets. Please rate, review, subscribe if you like the podcast, and hopefully you do. Hopefully you've gotten some good information out of it. Throw us a five-star review. We will greatly appreciate that. All right, let's talk about the interleague card here because we got seven interleague games, as I mentioned. The Pirates and the Tigers, the first one on the board here by rotation number, Luis Ortiz and Michael Lorenzen in this one. And, you know, for the Pirates, another phenomenal outing from Mitch Keller. So maybe Mitch Keller is actually for real here for this season for the Pirates. But they are 2-10 and ten in the month of May, and they have scored 20 runs in 12 games. Had them on Saturday. Ruancy Contreras wasn't bad in that game, but... They couldn't score. They got shut out by the Orioles. I believe they lost that game 2-0. Uh, so I don't want to call it a tough luck loss because maybe I shouldn't be betting on a team that can't score. Uh, but this Pirates team, 20 runs in 12 games. And they draw Michael Lorenzen today, 418 ERA, 425 and 28 innings of work. Got his season off to a bit of a late start due to injury. He's been pretty good here in his last two starts. Just two runs allowed on nine hits and 14 innings of work. But he's a pitch-to-contact guy. Doesn't really strike anybody out. You'd certainly like to see this Pirates offense do something, anything, show any kinds of signs of life here uh, as we sort of go forward. Because, look, I mean, this is a team that, honestly, they were really overperforming early on in the season. I knew that. A lot of people knew that. But outside of O'Neill Cruz, I mean, this is largely the same offense that they had early on in the year when things got off to such a hot start. So there are some guys kind of with some recent track records and also some professional hitters, Kutch, Brian Reynolds, Carlos Santana, guys that, you know, have some kind of track records. And it seems like just everybody's struggling all at once here. And I don't think that this team was nearly as good as it showed early on. I don't think this team is nearly as bad as it's showing here recently. But remember, the Tigers are a team, and I talked about this a little bit with them uh, last week. You know, the Tigers are awful against the American League East. They're 2-14, and 14, but they are 16-7 and seven against everybody else. And they've been a team that's gone 11-3 and three here against teams with a losing record. And the Pirates don't have a losing record at 22-19, and 19, but they're playing like a losing team right now. So you, know, you got the Tigers a short favorite in that one. 
And Luis Ortiz is a guy that doesn't have a lot of depth to his arsenal. He probably has a reliever profile long term. So we'll see how he does in this start here against the Tigers team that is uh, is, is not very good against right-handed pitching. So we'll see. But that's a it's a tough spot with the Pirates where, again, they're going to get better at some point. The question is when that offense kind of comes back around because the pitching hasn't been all that terrible, especially when you consider the quality of competition facing teams like the Rays and the Blue Jays. But they got to find some offense. And uh, that was their concern coming into the season. And we'll see if they're able to find it here in this series against the Tigers. The Cubs and the Astros, I think, is a really important game to talk about for a variety of different reasons. So Justin Steele getting the start here for the Cubs, 182 ERA, 321 expected ERA, 323 FIP, 259 batting average on balls in play with a 51.1% ground ball rate and a left on base percentage approaching 82%. Now, I've talked about Justin Steele as a guy that I'm looking to fade here as we go forward. The thing that's really tough about regression to the mean, and I think I kind of scratched the surface on this yesterday, but I can talk about it again here, is regression comes in a lot of different forms, okay? Sometimes it comes all at once, right, where you get like a Jack Flaherty start where he gives up 10 runs and two and a third. That's one form of it. The other form of regression is kind of a gradual slow burn, kind of bleeding out, so to speak. For Justin Steele, his last three starts, it's a 284 ERA, but his BABIP up to 323 and left on base percentage down to 72%. So we're starting to see these regression signs creep in a little bit, but they haven't exactly been, we'll say, actionable because they haven't been super outlandish, right? A 284 ERA in his last three starts, but that's still only six earned runs allowed in 19 innings. So when you have these super low numbers like a 182 ERA, you know, you give up a couple of runs over six innings and all of a sudden your ERA goes up. So that's the thing I think about kind of looking at, you know, a guy like Justin Steele where this is going to happen. This is going to come. It's going to be a thing. But the degree to which it's a thing, I don't know if that's going to be bettable for us or not. And I'm sure there will be times where I try to do it. And I will go against him as these things are kind of taking place. But the reality of it is that, you know, a quality start, right? The definition of a quality start for you fantasy baseball players out there, three earned runs over six innings, right? You give your team a chance, right? That's considered a quality start. You get three earned runs over six innings. That's a 450 ERA. So if you're a guy running a 182 ERA, like Justin Steele is, you may give up three runs over six innings, and it's a 450 ERA and your ERA goes up a little bit, that's not necessarily a bad start. So the hope is that when you look for and isolate these guys with a lot of regression to the mean or just regression within their own personal numbers, the hope is you get that five runs over five innings, six runs over four innings types of starts, because something like that kind of does accelerate the process. Now, regression can come slow. It can come fast. It can come at a medium pace to throw a uh, reference to Adam Sandler. So the thing about a guy like Steele is it's coming and it's happening, but it's not happening to a super noticeable degree yet. So that's the tough part, you know, kind of figuring out what it's going to look like and how it's going to happen. Now, with a guy like Justin Steele, I would expect more of the slow burn because he doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. He's an extreme ground ball guy. You have to string a lot of hits together, stuff like that. But if you're a guy 
with a 182 ERA, and you've got a hard hit percentage of 47, 48%, not only am I expecting it to come quicker, I'm expecting it to come in a larger magnitude. So that's the thing that you kind of want to look at, and you have to apply context to all of these regression candidates, all these numbers that are out there, because some guys it'll happen fast, and it'll happen big, and other guys it'll happen slow, and it'll barely be noticeable. Steel may be the latter. Some other guys are going to be the former. So that's what I'm trying to figure out on a daily basis as these sample sizes build up. And it's tough with Steele because he's just really good. But there could be a start where he gives up seven runs over three innings. All of a sudden, that 182 ERA is a 320 ERA, and it's close to where his numbers should be. So we'll see what happens in this game against an Astros team that still isn't really hitting that much for this season. But I just wanted to bring that to your attention because when I talk about regression signs, it's an expectation of lower performance, but I can't necessarily give an expectation of how quickly or how large that's going to be. But I can look at some of the contact management metrics and say, okay, if this guy's giving up a ton of hard contact, he's probably more likely to have those five and six run starts as opposed to maybe a Justin Steele who won't. So I just wanted to apply some context to that and kind of get you thinking about this more philosophically and kind of the principles of studying for regression in players uh, to kind of give some more context to that. And hopefully uh, that made some sense for you there, uh, especially with looking at an example like Justin Steele. But look, I mean, this is also a pretty big number with, with how good the Cubs are playing this season, with how good Steele has been. But Christian Javier, 347 ERA, 337 FIP, big strikeout percentage at 29%. The Cubs are better against lefties than righties. They're 11th in Woba against righties, so they're still pretty good. But Christian Javier is, is not your average run-of-the-mill righty. So didn't take the Cubs, didn't fade steel in that one, but that was a game that I did spend uh, you know, a good bit of time looking at, mostly for the purposes of being able to talk about it here on the podcast. A couple of other interleague games to touch on here before I get to the ones that I've got plays on. Uh, so the Royals and Padres. You know, Brady Singer, signs of life, people will say, in his last start, gave up two runs, one run, excuse me, on five hits over six innings against the White Sox. So people are going to go, okay, well, he had a good start. Maybe he's coming back around. I'll paraphrase Lee Corso now. Not so fast, my friends. Still allowed a 55.6% hard hit percentage in that start, gave up a couple more barrels. He got hit hard. It was just the batted ball luck and the sequencing luck were there for him in that start. His hard hit percentage is still almost 58% for the season. Remember, league average is 39%, and his barrel percentage is 12.7%. So this is a guy who's still not locating, despite having a good start last time out, still not locating. And I thought about the over in this game, actually, because I think Seth Lugo will come back to earth a little bit himself. Uh, Lugo 318 ERA, 396 FIP, 39 and two-thirds. Hard hit percentage a little bit above average, but the Royals are back to not hitting again. So I went ahead and bypassed this one, but Brady Singer has earned his 336 BABIP, his 55% left on base percentage is 771 ERA. He just doesn't have any command. There is no command whatsoever in his profile right now. So if he has good results today and doesn't give up a lot of hard contact, I'll sing a different tune. But if he has good results and he's still giving up missiles all over the yard, I won't have a different tune, and in fact, we'll hope for a good price to fade him in the near future here. Last game to talk about that I don't have a play on, 
is the Twins and the Dodgers because I nearly got to a play in this game. I nearly looked at the under or the first five under with Bailey Ober and Clayton Kershaw. Now, of course, the Twins are hitting the cover off the ball over the last three days. So they're running pretty hot offensively right now. A lot of positive vibes, guys tripping over each other to get to the bat rack and and get up there and take some hacks. But Clayton Kershaw is a different beast, of course. As we know, Kershaw on the season here today, uh, two, what is he got? A 213 ERA, I believe it is, 355 FIP. Little typo in the article I'll have to fix. 56 to 10 strikeout to walk ratio. He's only given up two earned runs and four starts against non NL West teams. So, this is another thing I was talking about with all these interleague games, right? If you see Kershaw all the time, you got a better chance at hitting him than you do if you see him very rarely. The Twins don't have a good chance of hitting virtually any lefty right now, though. They're 29th and weighted on base average at 280. They have a 77 WRC plus and a 27% strikeout rate against Southpaws. So this looks like a good matchup for Clayton Kershaw today. And I don't think it's that bad of a matchup for Bailey Ober either, because Bailey Ober is one of those guys that I think could thrive in an interleague play setting because he's six foot nine. You don't see a six foot nine release point all that often in Major League Baseball. So that's something where he's a guy that works up in the zone with the fastball, pretty good changeup. He's a guy that you just don't see a lot of. The things that concern me today, a couple of things. First, it's going to be a little warm at Chavez Ravine, and also the wind will be blowing out. And Bailey Ober is a flyball guy, an extreme flyball guy at that. So the Dodgers could could hit for a little power in this game. But the second thing, and it makes baseball very inconsequential to say the least, is that Clayton Kershaw's mother passed away on Saturday. And he's expected to go on the bereavement list after this start. I'm not sure if maybe he wanted to honor her memory by making this start here coming out of the Mother's Day weekend or or whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, it's it's obviously a difficult thing to, you know, have the, the passing of your mother and then furthermore to have it be Mother's Day weekend. So for Clayton Kershaw, I think he's a gamer. I think he's a guy that, you know, will go out there and do everything he can to honor his mom, and there's a very good chance he goes out there and like racks up 15 strikeouts in seven innings and just looks absurdly dominant. But also there's a chance that with the emotions of the last few days and everything that's going on, that maybe Kershaw's not super sharp. So you know, you hate to look at and, and try to incorporate these human elements into something as trivial as, as handicapping and placing bets on games. When you're talking about somebody who just – lost a you know a loved one kind of undersells it um but you know i i thought look i mean knowing what you know about kershaw i figure he's probably going to go out there and pitch really well but didn't get there with the under or the first five under here wanted four and a half since the full game total is eight but uh wasn't going to get that especially because this one opened seven and a half but interesting game and of course we'll see what kershaw does and condolences to clayton and his family All right, so the three plays that I do have here for today, we start with one in the National League. And as much as I talk about not liking to do this, I feel like I've done it a fair amount of times so far here this season. But I'm on the run line at home for the St. Louis Cardinals here. This is Wade Miley against Jordan Montgomery. Cardinals about a $1.80 favorite market-wide. Total eight or eight and a half, depending on where you look and what kind of juice you want for this one. But Wade Miley... 
gave up seven runs on six hits in his last start. His ERA jumped from 231 to 360 uh, with that bad start last time out. 360 ERA, 448 FIP, 528 XFIP, get three homers in that last start. And the Cardinals are starting to hit now. This is a team that's going in an opposite direction of where the Brewers are going. The Brewers offense, they're not really doing a ton at this point in time, certainly not on the same level as what the Cardinals have done here recently. And also, these two teams could be ships passing in the night at some point. Cardinals have won, was it, five in a row, seven of eight. Milwaukee's lost nine of the last 14. These two teams are going in different directions right now, different vibes with these two teams. And and I think, especially in 2023, where you have more hits, more base runners, more high leverage plate appearances, stuff like that, I think there's something to be said about teams running good against teams that are running bad. And the Cardinals are running very good right now. And it's about time because this team is way too talented to be performing at the level that it was. Miley swing strike percentage this season, 6.7%, five straight starts under 5%. So his margin for error, really, really small here when you look at what he's got going on for this season. And the Brewers are terrible against lefties. You know, Jordan Montgomery, 411 ERA, 350 FIP. He's got some positive regression signs in the profile, some negative cluster luck for him. He's gotten, he got knocked around last time out by the Cubs, but the Cubs are a top five offense against lefties, and the Brewers are the worst offense in baseball against lefties. So I think this is a good opportunity to take the Cardinals, lay that run line price, cut into that VIG. Yeah, they may only bat eight times, and if they have a one-run lead, so be it. But I think it's a really good matchup for their offense against Miley. It's a terrible offense or matchup for the Brewers' offense against Montgomery. So I took the Cardinals on the run line here, minus one and a half. Plus 115 is what it was over at DraftKings at the time the article was posted. You can still find plus 120 out there, and I encourage you to find that if you can. Next up on the board here, we head to interleague play, and I kind of touched on this game already, but the Rays and the Mets. So the Rays are one of the smartest teams in baseball, and I can't say the same thing about the Mets. The Rays, the Jalen Beeks and Yanni Chirinos opener and bulk piggyback here for today. And you've got Justin Verlander going for the Mets in this one. A couple of things about this game. First of all, I don't think the Rays should be plus 135 against anybody with how they're playing this season. They're the best offense in baseball against right-handed pitching by a large margin. By Woba, they are 18 points better than anybody else against right-handed pitching. Verlander throws a ton of fastballs, a lot of fastballs. Well, the Rays... They are plus 45.2 batting runs by linear pitch type weights against fastballs. That is 26 runs better than anybody else. They crush fastballs. They crush right-handed fastballs specifically. And this is only the third start of the year for Verlander, whose two starts have been against the Tigers and the Reds. And the Tigers are 30th and weighted on base average against righties. And the Reds are 17th. And the Rays are number one by, a, by far and away the most. So I think this is a much more difficult start for Verlander than this line is giving him credit for. And also for the Mets, I mean, offensively, they haven't been all that great so far this season. They haven't been that great against right-handed pitching. Chirinos is a guy that, you know, he throws a lot of change-ups. He's kind of a pitch-to-contact guy, but he stays off the barrel, induces a lot of weak contact. I appreciate that. Also, Jalen Beeks, back-to-back scoreless efforts with two innings pitched in each a guy that also doesn't allow a lot of hard contact. Ultimately, this is one where, you know, some of these guys for the AL East teams 
are going to have bad outings against AL East teams. It just is what it is, right? Those are really talented teams in that division. But I think when they step outside and they can do the advanced scouting and they can find the edges over the opposition that aren't familiar with them, I think it's a big positive for them. So I took the Rays here plus 135, where I think they match up about as well against Justin Verlander as you can. And I think they will be well prepared against the Mets. And also, even though there are some regression signs in the profile for the Rays bullpen, that bullpen clock thing with all the different arm slots and the deception and all that, that may come to the forefront against AL East teams, but probably not against teams that don't see those arms. And the Mets don't see those arms. So like the Rays plus 135 here today over the Mets. And then lastly, it worked yesterday. Let's go back to the well again today. Braves and Rangers. Jared Schuster getting the start here, the left-hander for the Braves against Dane Dunning and the Rangers. And yesterday, the Braves scored all 12 runs, so they got us there. But look, when you look at this matchup here for the Rangers against Schuster, They've hit lefties very well throughout the course of the season here. And Schuster's a guy who made the Braves starting rotation. And then he gave up, uh, what was it here? Eight runs on 12 hits in eight and two-thirds innings in his two starts, nine walks against five strikeouts. He went to the minors and he's done better, but he still has the walk issue. And this Rangers team, fourth and weighted on base average against lefties at 351. Um, Schuster has a very difficult matchup in this game. And then for Dane Dunning, he's a pitch-to-contact guy, which I don't necessarily love against the Braves. They make a lot of hard contact. They hit the ball very, very hard. And when you pitch to contact, that's about the last thing you want. You know, you want to be able to try and get swings and misses. You want to be able to try and keep these guys from putting balls in play. And I don't think Dane Dunning can really do that. Also, some regression signs in his profile, 172 ERA, 296 FIP, 453 XFIP in 31 and a third. And he's pitched well in his last two starts against the Mariners and the angels, but the angel or the Mariners, excuse me, they're one of the worst offenses in baseball against cutters and sliders. Dane Dunning throws a lot of both. So I don't want to read too much into that start because Atlanta is just a better offense against sliders and cutters and against basically everything else. Also Rangers bullpen, 627 ERA over the last 14 days. And I expect Texas to hit Schuster in this game. So over nine and a half minus 115 between the Braves and the Rangers to go along with the Rays plus 135. And you could find plus 140 out there. So shop around on that one. And then also the Cardinals run line against the Brewers minus one and a half plus 115 or plus 120 shop around for the best price. A little bit of a long show, but had a lot of games to talk about here today on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Please rate, review, subscribe. We'll be a shorter show tomorrow with the day games and all the stuff that comes along with Wednesday. But hopefully you've enjoyed the show. Once again, thank you to those who sent some attaboys, some pats on the back, some positive feedback, and also those that sent in the Monday mailbag questions. Greatly appreciate that. I got the best fans in the business here with the article and the podcast. So genuine thanks to each and every one of you out there. I'll be back again tomorrow with another edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.